is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, well, I want to this morning continue our series looking at the presence of God. And uh, this isn't in isolation, it's not an abstract thing particularly, it's more uh, a context that we find ourselves in currently of God breaking in and really speaking to us afresh and it's a great sense of his presence in our times of worship and we felt as a team we wanted to speak into that and to look at what the Bible has to tell us and say about these things and um, Obviously, this is something we've been praying for. As a, as a church leader, it's something you pray for a lot. And uh, it's something you ask God for. And at the beginning of the year, we were praying particularly as a church. We had a week of prayer and fasting saying, God, would you break in afresh? And we know it's a fresh sense of your presence. And it's wonderful to experience something that, uh, of that in our worship. And so a couple of weeks ago, we started to look at a foundation for this, which is to do with the baptism or filling of the Holy Spirit. And some of you could be sitting there thinking, hey, but isn't that something that, you know, we all know, we know all about, we take it for granted almost. And the danger is that you can take it for granted. The danger is you think, oh, it's a charismatic church and, uh, you know, we all know that. Well, actually, whether you know it or not, it's good to go over these things. And if it's the first time you've heard it spoken about, then I'm hoping it will be helpful to you and to help you understand Scripture. And if it's something you've heard spoken about previously, please don't switch off, because I do believe that God has things for you as well. I believe God has things for all of us, because that's why we read his word, isn't it? Actually, he speaks to us. Just because we read it once, we don't say, well, I've read that book, I'm all good to go. But rather we say, no, I'm going to read again and trust that God's going to speak to me. And I'm trusting that God's going to speak to us this morning. So let's pray and then we'll open up his word to us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your written words. In the Bible, we thank you for the living word we find in Jesus. And we thank you that you're going to speak to us now. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, come and be our teacher. Would you speak to us? Would you apply the words of these book right into these book, this book right into our hearts? Lord, that we might grow in you this morning. Not just grow in our knowledge and understanding, but as well as that, grow in our experience of you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so why is baptism in the Spirit so important? What's it all about? Well, it's the foundation of God's moving in Jubilee. And it's important that we understand that this is something for every Christian. It's not about how long you follow Jesus for. It's not, it's not that you get to a certain level in your Christian life and suddenly this kicks in. But rather this is something that is important for all of us to understand no matter how long we've been following Jesus for. And if you're not a Christian yet this morning, if you're here with a friend maybe, or you're asking some questions, or you've just come along to find out, then that's great as well. I'm thrilled you're here. And what we're going to talk about this morning is part of the Christian life, part of following Jesus. And so baptism in or filling by the Holy Spirit is what gives you power to live 
as a Christian. There's power to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Power to witness. Power to pray for the sick. And also a fresh understanding the Holy Spirit brings and gives us of who you are in Christ. Kevin referred to that a little bit earlier during our time of worship about uh, knowing who we are in Christ. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that you're a son or daughter of the King of Kings. But the sad reality is that too many Christians try to follow Jesus, try to be faithful to his teaching without the power of the Holy Spirit. They try to do it in their own strength. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's like the, we've got some lights over here, and um, I like our new lights, by the way. And um, there's, there's, there's several over here. Some of them are on because they've been plugged in. So you can see it. There you go. Oh, wake up, wake up, wake up. But this one, although it's here, it's not plugged in. So you might have thought, oh, there's another one there. But it's no good to anybody like that, is it? Because actually it isn't plugged in. Whereas the one that is plugged in, wake up, um, is quite bright. (laughs) Because it's plugged into a power source. So you could look at it there and think, ah, it's the same thing. And from the outside, it does look like the same thing. But actually, the one that's plugged in isn't doing anybody any good because it's not connected to a power source. If we were to find a spare plug socket and plug it in, suddenly it would light up. And it's a bit like trying to follow Jesus, trying to live the Christian life without being plugged into the power that God provides. And I know that that's true of many Christians. I know it's true because it was true of me. I became a Christian at quite a young age. I was baptised in water in my mid-teens at 15. I wasn't baptised in the Holy Spirit until I was 22. And so for the intervening years, I tried to follow Jesus in my own power and my own strength. If I'm honest, I didn't do a very good job. You know, I had some good days and bad days. But it was hard going. I was trying to do it with my strength and my power and frankly I didn't have very much because I wasn't doing it with the power that God provides and so a couple of weeks or so ago we looked at this subject a little bit in the Old Testament how God uh, poured out his Holy Spirit on, on certain individuals at certain times for certain reasons in certain places but there wasn't an outpouring of the Spirit but the Old Testament people of God look forward to a different time. Joel said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. It's prophesying. It's, it's like God is speaking. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. They look forward to that time. But in the New Testament, things changed. You see, John the Baptist promised the Holy Spirit. In Mark chapter 1, verse 8, he said, I baptize you with water, but he, talking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mark 1, verse 8, if you're taking notes. In fact, it's Mark 1, verse 8, if you're not taking notes. That's where it is. But Jesus as well promised the coming of the Holy Spirit. We looked at this last time. But there are many occasions where Jesus talks about 
the Holy Spirit. And where uh, other New Testament writers pick up the theme as well. We don't have time this morning to look at every New Testament passage, but let me give you some. Because I want you to see that what we're talking about is not an idea of me. It's not just something that we as a church think this is good. What we're talking about this morning, dear friends, is what God's Word says. And it's important that we understand that what we're looking at is what God has said in His Word. It's foundational to us. So in John chapter 16, for example, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And He says, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Jesus speaking, unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's talking of the Holy Spirit. He's talking to his disciples. Think about for a moment what it would have been like for one of his disciples. They'd been hanging out with Jesus for a while. They'd seen Jesus healing the sick, preaching the kingdom of God. It's amazing to be spending time with Jesus, isn't it? Just think about what it would have been like. And Jesus turns to them and said, listen, it's better for you that I go. And they must have been thinking, are you crazy, Jesus? Do you not know how good this is? You know, the miracles that they're seeing, uh, they're seeing people follow Jesus and hearing his wonderful teaching. He turns and says, listen, it'd be better if I go. They must have been thinking, you're mad. How can it be better if you go? But Jesus is clear about it. He says, no, it's better if I go because... Unless I go, he said, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, he's talking of the Holy Spirit, remember, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying to them, in effect, listen, it's been good, but it's going to be better. You think it's been good? But this is going to be better because he promises to send the Holy Spirit. Wonderful, isn't it? In Acts chapter 1, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit again. In fact, if you've got a Bible with you, why don't you turn with me? Acts chapter 1. Let's look at these few verses together. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. You might want to turn or click or scroll or whatever you do. But let's, let's look at it. I want you to see it. I want you to have it in front of you so you can see what we're, we're looking at together. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion... While Jesus uh, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he'd said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. It's important, isn't it? Just before Jesus taken back to heaven just before he returns to the father he says these things to his disciples some of his last words were talking about the holy spirit and receiving him so jesus uses this phrase you'll be baptized with the holy spirit what does that mean 
Well, baptism for us has become quite a religious word, I suppose. You, I guess you only hear about it really in, uh, in church context. But in their day and culture, actually the Greek word was used to describe, for example, ships that had sunk off the coast. And they'd sunk down to the bottom of the sea, totally immersed. You might, you might say that ship had been baptised. Or if you were going to dye a cloth in, in a bucket of dyeing and change its colour, you'd, you'd submerse the cloth right, to, right into the bucket, get it totally covered with the dye before you'd bring it out. And again, you'd say the cloth had been baptised. You'd use that word in that sort of context. And so it describes something which is a total immersion, a total filling, a covering, a drenching, if you like. With the Holy Spirit. I guess if you were the ship and you'd sunk to the bottom of the ocean, you'd know about it. I guess if you were the cloth and you were being plunged into a bucket of dye, you'd know about it as well. Jesus expects us to know if we've been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so a few verses on at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, if you still have your Bible open, you'll see it there. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We have there scripture recording the first time the Holy Spirit is poured out in such a way. And friends, the good news for us is it wasn't just a one-off occasion. Actually, we now live in the good of that. The Old Testament writers look forward to a time when the Holy Spirit will be poured out. Even Jesus said, this time is coming. It wasn't quite yet, but it was coming closer and closer. Now we can look back and say, yes, it was then that it was poured out for the first time on all Jesus' followers in that place. And we see as we go through the New Testament, we don't have time to look at every example now. But now the filling or baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every follower of Jesus. Every Christian. It is for you. If you know and love Jesus this morning, this is for you. It's not you have to reach a certain level in your Christian life. It's not just for those who are leaders. It's not just if you've been following Jesus for long enough that he decides, okay, you can have it now. No, listen, this is for you. Now. Today. It really is. So how does it happen? How do you receive this filling of the Holy Spirit? Often people ask, doesn't it happen automatically when you become a Christian, when you first put your trust in Jesus? Well, some people are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in that same moment. If you find that in Scripture, that does happen sometimes. But for many, it's a subsequent experience. It came... uh, for a variety of people through the New Testament, through a later praying after they'd started following Jesus. Now, let's be clear. We cannot respond to God unless we have something of the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts. It's him that draws us to Jesus. 
It's his work in our heart that draws us to the Lord. It's not that you choose to follow Jesus. (laughs) Actually, you're responding to what God has done in your heart already or started to do. So there is a work of the Spirit in you when you first put your trust in the Lord. But that's not necessarily the same as being filled with the Holy Spirit. For some people, it all happens in that moment. For most people, it happens later. It happens later. So God draws us by the work of his Spirit. We put our trust in him. And then we're encouraged to be filled with the Holy Spirit, drenched with the Holy Spirit, baptised in the Holy Spirit. I said a couple of weeks ago, I think we asked the question, are you thirsty? Jesus talked about being thirsty for this. And uh, by the time I was filled with the Holy Spirit in my early 20s, I was thirsty. I was really thirsty. I knew that other Christians I knew had something in their relationship with God that I didn't have. And I wanted that. I was thirsty, really thirsty. And so how does it happen? Well, you need to come to the Lord with faith. Do you believe this is a gift that God has for you? You can come with faith to receive. Often people say, oh, I'm not sure about it, but maybe God will get me if he wants to. (laughs) Now, actually, it's better that we come with faith. And if you're not sure, I'd rather, or others would rather, just sit down with you and look at some more scripture together. It's not about praying harder, or, you know, I was thinking, oh, go on in, Lord. Actually, it's about a faith understanding. It's about understanding what God has said, then coming with faith, saying, yes, Lord, I believe and I understand, and I want to receive. So do you believe that this is for you? The Bible talks about coming to Jesus and drinking. That requires an action on your part. It's not a passive, okay, God will get me if he wants to. But it's an active coming with faith, coming and drinking. And remember that baptism in the Holy Spirit, the filling of the power of God is not your idea. It's his idea. So you don't have to convince God that it might be a good idea. He's already said what he wants to do. Our response is to come with him and with faith and say, Lord, I believe and I understand and I want to receive. So you need to come thirsty, come with faith and come and drink. If I was to pour out a glass of water here, you might be thirsty. You might believe it would do you good. But unless you came to drink it, you'd have no benefit from it. So you need to come to the Lord and drink. So what does that mean in practice? Well, come and be expectant. But you don't have to beg. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Now often that happens through laying on of hands and through prayer. It's a scriptural principle. Not always, but often it happens like that. And sometimes people say to me, well, Graham, how will I know if I've been baptised in the Spirit? How can I be sure about it? Well, my answer is always the same. It's you will know. There will be some evidence. Now, often that evidence is speaking in tongues, but not always. As you read through the New Testament, you find that often as people are filled with the Holy Spirit... They respond by speaking in tongues. We'll talk about tongues, what they are in a second. But not always. 
There are other instances in Scripture where other things happen. So it doesn't have to be that, although it's often that, but rather it is something. There is some evidence. And individual experiences vary, and that's okay, because we are individuals. God has made us different. But there will be some evidence. Think about it. Can you imagine encountering the God of heaven and the Lord of the universe and not knowing about it? (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? you'll, You'll know. There will be some evidence. Now, there may be gifts of the Spirit. So, for example, one of those is speaking in tongues. I referred to that a second ago. And it's a gift that God gives of another language that you can use to praise him. It's like you run out of your own words. Not, you're not quite sure what to say in your mind. And it's like your spirit starts praising God using words that you may not understand, a language that you don't know. But you know that your spirit is worshipping Jesus. Hallelujah, indeed. That's speaking or praying in tongues. And often you may not feel anything when you start to pray out. And we'll talk about tongues uh, probably in some more detail in a future week. But often people, you think, am I just making this up? What is it? It's your spirit starting to praise God. But you know what? Even speaking in tongues, still your mouth. (laughs) It's still your, it's still, it's still you. It's still your, you do the speaking bit. It's not that suddenly this voice doth cometh upon you, <laughs> and you start, you know, sounding out. No, you're speaking. You're still doing the speaking bit. Okay, but it's your spirit praising Jesus. Another example is prophecy. That happened in Acts 19. So they filled with the spirit. They prophesied. Right, start prophesying, speaking of the goodness and wonder of God. Might be something else like an amazing awareness of God's love for you. You might fall over. That's not unusual in Scripture as people encounter the Lord. My point is this it's not about what it is, but it's about something happens. There is some evidence of you encountering the Lord. So my question is this, have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit? In Acts 19 it says, when, while Apollos, this is verse 1 of Acts 19, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Ooh. No, I haven't heard about the Holy Spirit, they said. And then Paul speaks about it and leads them into into receiving the Holy Spirit. This is when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. That was Paul's question. Did he receive the Holy Spirit? And if you're not sure, then your answer might be no, even. That's okay. Don't be embarrassed by a no. See, for years I knew that I hadn't received the Holy Spirit. For years I went to meetings where people were prayed for and they received the Holy Spirit. 
but I was too embarrassed and, if I'm honest, too proud. Probably a little bit scared as well. But I think the main problem was my pride. I've been a Christian for a few years. I was a house group leader. You know, I preached sometimes. Ooh. You know, played my guitar in church. But I was proud. And as I look back now, I'm ashamed of that. And I realise how foolish I was. Stupid, really. <laughs> and by the time I was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptised in the Holy Spirit, I was hungry, thirsty and desperate for more of God. And looking back, I think, what a muppet that I just didn't press into God earlier. How foolish of me. How foolish. I, friends, this morning, I want to encourage you, don't be like that. Press into all God has for you. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receive God's power in your life. And if you're not sure, then come again. That's okay. You can come and you can ask to fill you again. So are you thirsty? Are you thirsty this morning? Ephesians 5, verse 18, says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Might say, better. <laughs> be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you look at the original Greek language there, you'll find that it doesn't describe a one-off occasion, but rather a better translation is go on being continually filled. Go on always being filled with the Holy Spirit. It describes a regular pattern of life, not a one-off occasion. And so my question to you as we close, is this. Is that your daily experience, being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a good question for many of us, particularly if we've been walking with the Lord for a number of years. Are you living in the good of the power of the Holy Spirit? We're going to pray for people in a moment. Perhaps the band can come up as we pray in a second. And I want to encourage you to to come and be prayed for. And if you've never received the Holy Spirit, that's fine. If you're not sure, then that's fine too. Or if you're just hungry and thirsty for more of the Lord, then that's also good. <laughs> I don't really mind which category you fall into because the answer from Scripture is the same. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go on being always continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So whether it's a first-time experience for you, whether you're not really too sure, or whether you're just desperate for more of God, actually, the Bible's answer to you is the same. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Let's stand together. I want to pray, and we're going to sing in a moment and worship the Lord. We've got a little bit of time. Now, we have got some time. That's unusual. That's good. <laughs> We've got some time now. We're going to pray in a moment. We've got a prophetic word that may help us into that as well. Let's pray. Lord, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words to us. 
We thank you for scripture which is so clear. We thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to us about receiving the Holy Spirit, about being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I want to pray for any this morning who are hungry and thirsty for more of you, that, Lord Jesus, you would encounter them afresh. That, Lord, you would come by your power. And, Lord God, there will be many who meet you now. Maybe for the first time being filled with the Spirit. Maybe being filled again. Thank you, Lord, that you provide this powerful life. And we pray, Lord, that you might come now in Jesus' name. Amen. On another occasion, we'll look at other reasons that the Holy Spirit is given. You'll see as you read through Scripture that actually it's not about, oh, that was nice in a meeting. But this is power for life. It's power to witness. It's power to tell people about Jesus. It's power to affect the town and city that you live in. It's power to reach this nation and the nations for Christ. But it starts with you encountering the Lord. Because actually as God changes you and fills you with his power, that then you are an attractive person to others around you. And people say, oh, something's different. I knew there was something different about some friends of mine who'd been filled with the Spirit all these years ago. I could see it in them. Maybe God wants to do that in you this morning, that others might see that in you. And you can say, oh, I can tell you about that. Let me tell you about Jesus. (laughs) Let me tell you about the God of heaven who's changed my life and wants to change yours. Amen? Amen. Do you want to bring this now? Just um, sort of confirm all that Graham brings. Sorry, I'm too embarrassed, Sarah. But um, as we were um, worshipping, Sarah was standing near me, and I just could smell this amazing perfume and this amazing fragrance. And actually, I couldn't see Sarah, but... um, I was just aware of this this fragrance, and I just felt God kind of say that you know, as we can encounter God and His presence, actually it it was effective. Sarah wasn't doing anything, but was just I could just smell this wonderful perfume and fragrance, and just like you know, God's Holy Spirit, as we are soaked in Him and in His presence, it's almost um, it does affect those around us, and it is a sweet and and smelling fragrance, and just to and it empowers us and it's, as we encounter him. So I just encourage you to come forward. Excellent. Okay, so let's worship the Lord, shall we? We're coming to him. We're coming to him. And if you're hungry and thirsty for more of him this morning, then as we sing and worship, then I want to encourage you to, um, to come to the front. And in a moment, not quite yet, but in a moment, we're going to lay hands on you and pray. But if you're hungry and thirsty this morning for more of God's, the filling of his spirit, then as we worship, then you come. We're going to pray for you this morning. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.